Blog Talk Radio. everybody and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico and uh, right alongside with me each and every week is of course none other than Legends Tour player and LPJ professional Cindy Miller. Um, and we are of course the hosts of the Women of Golf. Uh, Cindy's going to be a little bit de- detained uh, this morning. Uh, she's not with me right at the particular moment. Uh, she's on her travels to Orlando. She's going to be on the morning drive uh, this week. So um, she's uh, in in midst of travel, if you will. So she should be joining me here in a little bit. But uh, anyways, welcome to the show. Uh, glad you could join us. And uh, of course, we are live every Tuesday mornings uh, here on the Women of Golf Show uh, from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern uh, Standard Time. And for those of you uh, maybe uh, that uh, don't normally tune in with us and maybe this is your first time, welcome to the show. Uh, best way to find us, of course, uh, is go to blogtalkradio.com and type in the search key, type Women of Golf, and that will take you to the main page. And, of course, uh, front and center will be the uh, live broadcast on Tuesday mornings. Uh, but for some, for some reason, if you're not able to join us live, uh, not to worry. Uh, just scroll down that page, and uh, you'll see the on-demand section, and just check out uh, some of the previously aired shows uh, that Cindy and I have recorded together and many of our great uh, guests that have uh, joined us along the way. So uh, you can listen to those when it's convenient for you. But uh, for those of you joining us live this morning, uh, appreciate it very much and always uh, look forward to you tuning in each and every week. I've uh, got a great show for you this morning. Uh, going to be starting off with a little bit of a discussion on some common swing faults. And then a little bit later in the broadcast, uh, joining us will be special guest Samantha Morell. Uh, she's a, an LPJ apprentice instructor, uh, fairly new to uh, the teaching side of things, but uh, has been a player for uh, a number of years. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that, uh, about her uh, earlier years and then also uh, what she's doing now, um, getting ready for her teaching career and uh, her journey along the way. So we'll talk uh, a little bit with her later. Um, but uh, just also let me remind you, uh, this Thursday, of course, I'll have another uh, my other show, Golf Talk Live, which airs 6 to 8 p.m. Central, uh, also on this blogtalkradio.com network. And uh, again, just to uh, clarify how to find that show, uh, just go to blogtalkradio.com and type in, instead of Women of Golf, type in Golf Talk Live. And again, same applies. You'll see it front and center on the live broadcast from 6 to 8 Central. Uh, That's PM, of course. And uh, you can scroll down to the On Demand section, and you can see uh, some of the previously aired shows. Got a great show for you uh, this week. Going to be joined by a a great uh, PJ professional, uh, James Kyle, who was uh, on uh, a few months ago with uh, a couple of his buddies, uh, Buck Myers and uh, Pete Buchanan. Uh, he's going to be joining me back here uh, along with Mark Sweeney, uh, the CEO and founder of Aimpoint. So they're going to be joining me here Thursday night. So make sure you tune in for that. Um, but as I said, we're going to start off, uh, or I'm going to start off rather, uh, with uh, a little bit uh, of some of the common swing faults. Let me just read out 
what some of them are. There, there's uh, quite a few of them, but I'm just going to read some of them off, uh, and then I'm going to uh, go through uh, a few of them here, and hopefully uh, Cindy will be joining me along the way. Uh, one of the common swing faults, of course, is the S posture. Um, another one, of course, is the C posture. Uh, there's loss of posture and uh, also over the top, which many of you have heard, and some of maybe even suffer a little bit from that. And uh, that's a fairly common one in the industry. Uh, also, there's a few of you out there that probably sway. There's the sway, of course. It's another uh, common swing fault. Uh, the slide, some of you may not have uh, heard of that one as much, uh, but that's another one as well. Uh, reverse spine angle, which also coincidentally happens to be the number one cause of lower back pain in many golfers. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. Uh, hanging back, uh, that's uh, when you uh, sort of have that reverse uh, pivot, if you will, and don't get a proper weight shift. And uh, casting or early release, as it's also uh, referred to, or scooping, as some of you may know. And, of course, the, the uh, dreaded chicken wing. And I'm not talking about the kind uh, that you'd get at your, your local uh, beer establishment, but I'm talking about uh, the golf version of that. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And I'm going to start it off uh, while I wait for, for Cindy to, to come on board. And I'm going to go back to the first one here. Uh, obviously not going to be able to get through all of them here. Uh, but the S posture, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what the S posture is referring to and maybe some of the physical causes uh, of that posture. Uh, so the S posture is a swing characteristic cause uh, by golfers uh, creating too much arc in their lower back uh, when they're in the setup position. Uh, this excessive curvature in the lower back puts obviously a lot of tremendous uh, stress on the muscles in the lower back and causes uh, the abdominal muscles to relax. Uh, the relaxation of core muscles causes a loss of posture or reverse spine, spine angle excuse me, during the backswing. And as a result, the lower body is put out of position uh, on the downswing and will affect, uh, obviously, the swing sequence of motions. So let me just explain some of the physical causes um, as well. Uh, sometimes this S posture is caused by a series of muscle imbalances, uh, also called the lower uh, cross syndrome, or LCS for short. Uh, LCS is simply a grouping of weak muscles combined uh, with the overactive or tight muscles that create a, a predictable movement pattern in the lower uh, back. Uh, and this pattern, of course, uh, can potentially lead to injury. Uh, just so that you get an, a visual maybe a little bit uh, of that, uh, the S posture is, if you think of it this way, um, this is when you'll see some golfers and they'll have their, their glutes or their butt muscles uh, jutted way, way out, and they'll get sort of an in-curve, if you will, uh, uh, almost a C-curvature of their lower back. In other words, they don't have that nice straight uh, line from their shoulders right down uh, to their tailbone. They get that sort of in-curvature of the lower back, and that's not good. Uh, obviously, as, as I just mentioned, it can put a lot of strain and stress on that uh, uh, lower back area, and then, of course, when you're actually in the motion of making your swing, it can create a, a lot of uh, problems uh, with that area. And then conversely, another uh, posture problem is, of course, the C posture, and that's sort of the opposite, uh, where, and this occurs when the shoulders are slumped forward at a dress, uh, and there's a definite roundness to the back, uh, again, from the tailbone uh, to the back and the neck. Uh, this will, of course, force a player to keep their back swing short and wide, uh, or they will find it uh, difficult to maintain uh, posture. So that's when you've got you know, you've heard of the reverse C. Uh, sometimes you'll see in a finish where you'll see uh, Johnny Miller was very famous for uh, earlier in his career for that sort of reverse C. And you would see where he would be uh, standing way back, where his upper body would be way, way back, uh, right actually over his, uh, his feet. 
and there would be that, that large sort of reverse C, if you will. Well, this is the opposite. This is sort of the forward C, where it actually looks like a C if you were looking at uh, down the line. And uh, ultimately what happens there, as it mentioned, it, you have uh, slumped uh, shoulders and so forth. And this can be a result of poor setup and can be corrected by physically adjusting uh, one's posture to a more neutral spine, and that's that more straight uh, spine angle. Uh, the major majority of C postures are caused by a series of muscle imbalances and joint restrictions and are developed over, uh, of course, many, many years. Uh, a lot of older golfers you'll see, particularly a lot of our senior golfers, uh, you'll see uh, will have developed a C posture as time goes on just because their muscles, uh, particularly in their abdomen, are become weak and even in their lower back. And uh, this is actually a comfortable position for them, but it's not very conducive um, for uh, making good swings. And uh, I guess the most significant restriction is causes lack of thoracic spine extension, limiting backward bend or arching of the upper back. And this can lead to severe uh, loss of spinal rotation, which in turn limits the ability to create a good backswing. And you obviously want to be able to create uh, a good backswing uh, in order to uh, to be able to uh, execute a, a, a solid strike through the golf ball. And then, of course, there's uh, the last one here I'm going to talk about uh, in posture is loss of posture. Uh, and that is any significant alteration from the body's original setup uh, angles during the golf swing. This can uh, affect all aspects of the golf swing, namely timing, uh, balance, and rhythm. Uh, altering posture usually causes two uh, typical mishits, uh, the block to the right and hook to the left. As the body changes angles, the player is forced to rely on their hand motion uh, to square the club face, and uh, this becomes uh, a timing-driven uh, swing that can be inconsistent. So uh, essentially what that's saying is uh, you might be uh, somebody, and I actually had a student that did this, where in the backswing they would actually kind of stand up and come out of their posture, uh, and then in order to get back into uh, in their downswing, they would actually have to drop down in their posture and then kind of manipulate their hands because their balance and timing would be completely off. And uh, as it mentioned, two of the um, uh, issues that can result is, of course, a blocked uh, shot to the right or a hooked left. And that's uh, a couple of common areas as well. Um, physical causes. Uh, some of the research has shown that generalized stiffness and asymmetry uh, in the uh, Musculature and joints of the lower body are the main causes. Uh, this can uh, alter good setup posture and force players to change their spinal posture uh, throughout the swing. And again, as I mentioned, uh, a lot of um, a lot of older golfers too. I'm not uh, trying to pick on them, but uh, you know, we we lose uh, certain uh, flexibility and certain uh, muscle uh, uh, tension, if you will, in our bodies, and. Uh, it just reduces the ability to be able to hold and maintain a good posture. So a lot of times in order to make it feel comfortable, uh, as an example, as I mentioned, if you're going in the backswing and it starts to be uncomfortable, in order to relieve that tension, people will stand up a little bit and that sort of takes the pressure off the lower back. And that's a big, big problem for a, a lot of our uh, amateur golfers out there. So the, uh, again, the reason why I wanted to bring these up on, on today's show uh, for this discussion was just to let people know that – um, maybe you fall in one of those categories. Maybe you're somebody that has uh, an S posture, uh, maybe you're a C posture, or maybe you uh, have a loss of posture where you're actually kind of floating in between different uh, levels uh, in your swing. In other words, you're, you're standing up out of the, the swing in the back swing, and then you're sort of thrusting yourself down in order to meet the, the ball again uh, in your downswing. Um, one of the great ways, and this is something that I've done for years and still continue to do to this day, is and I'm very fortunate. If you don't have uh, this in your home, 
uh, I suggest that you go out and get one, and you can get one really from uh, a number of different uh, places, but uh, maybe you um, might not want to go to a furniture store. It might be a little more pricey, but you can actually go to some of your hardware stores uh, and get it and get a, uh, a piece of mirror, a full-length mirror. Uh, I recommend about uh, five and a half to six feet high in that range, um, just so that uh, you've got a, a good length. And it doesn't have to be anything expensive. It can just be a basic piece of mirror. And uh, obviously, because you don't want to cut yourself when you're touching it, uh, you can just sort of put a cheap frame, have them frame it um, um, with some cheap frame. And, it, it, you know, it might cost you $20. Uh, it might be less than that. Uh, it might be a little bit more, but it's well worth it. Um, and you want it to have fairly wide. You don't want a super skinny mirror. Obviously, you want to be able to have uh, a little bit of room. But, uh, and I recommend probably about two feet wide. So, so about six feet tall and about two feet wide. And what I do now, obviously, I have uh, a full-length mirror in, in part of my house. I actually, I have several of them. Uh, and what I do is I actually uh, practice my setup when I'm at home, especially if it's raining out or uh, as it has been this summer, of course. And uh, what I try to do is I get into my posture and my setup, and I check all of my angles. And I check to make sure that I, I'm not developing an S posture or a C posture uh, as I get older. Uh, and I make sure, and what I'll do is I actually have uh, some practice clubs that are um, short, so I don't have to worry about nicking the, the ceiling. And I'll actually go through my full swing and uh, from, from start to finish. And what I will do is um, I will check those angles. So I'll you know, keep my head, of course, tilted up, and I'll see, you know, am I getting up? Am I, am I losing my posture? Uh, or when I'm actually in my step, and I'll do a down-the-line view and a face-on view, and I will check to see uh, the different angles in my body to make sure that they're correct. And there's lots of great video or, and or um, uh, photography out there in the golf industry. Uh, golf Digest magazine or uh, Golf Tips magazine uh, has plenty of examples uh, of great players uh, through various different positions of, of the golf swing. So you can kind of compare yourself to how it looks and how you look. And uh, it, it's certainly going to help you. Uh, in the long run. So make sure that you do something like that. So just go to your local hardware store uh, or, or even, um, uh, you know, a furniture store if you want and just get yourself a, a piece of mirror. Uh, like I say, I recommend about six feet tall because that covers most of the people because you can kind of lean it against the wall or uh, maybe if you have a basement, uh, for those of you up north uh, that have a basement or a rec room, if there's a spot down there that you can uh, uh, clear the rubble away, if you will, and, and lean that there. Uh, it's a great way to, to practice some of your positions. And uh, you can do that whether it's raining or not when you're at home. You know, maybe spend five, ten minutes a day doing that. You'd be surprised how much that will help you when you get out in the golf course. Um, another one that we're going to – or I'm going to talk about, rather, as I said, as I wait for Cindy to, uh, uh, to, to come on board here, and uh, is uh, over the top. This is, of course um, – over the top is seen as the most common swing fault among high-handicap golfers. And it usually occurs because of the over-dominance of the upper body uh, during the downswing. Uh, and essentially, as a result, the club is thrown outside uh, of the attendant swing plane uh, with the club approaching the ball uh, in and out to in motion. Uh, this creates a uh, pull uh, if the club face is square or a slice if the club face is open. Uh, the swing fault can, be ca uh, can cause a tremendous loss of power and uh, limit the ability to control the ball flight. Um, so obviously, uh, a lot of things can happen uh, through an overtop. Just some of the physical causes, uh, the inability to, inability to separate movements of the lower body from the upper body 
uh, does not allow the lower body to lead the golf swing, which is something that uh, uh, needs to be done uh, in the downswing. Uh, usually reduced uh, spinal and hip mobility causes limited pelvis to thorax separation. Uh, poor core and thorax stability or strength does not allow the golfer to maintain uh, proper posture, as we talked about just a few moments ago. Any loss of posture can force the arms and torso to fire first and, tr and transition uh, to help reposition the body for rotation. So poor balance, especially with the lead leg, uh, for those uh, that are right-handed golfer, that would be, of course, your left leg, uh, can cause an improper weight shift, uh, limiting weight uh, shift toward the lead leg, uh, can reduce lower body's uh, contribution uh, to power generation during the swing, and this will cause uh, the golfer to use excessive upper body power uh, by chopping down or throwing the club, as it's called, over the top. So that's a, essentially... Um, definition of over the top and that's a, as I mentioned just a moment ago that's a very very common uh, uh, problem with a lot of our high handicap golfers it's probably as it's as I mentioned probably the most common um, swing fault uh, among the high handicappers um, so that's something to be be careful of and, and again this is why you want to practice your different movements uh, we you know we can't emph emphasize enough on the show um, to to be able to practice um, the various movements within the golf swing. And you don't have to necessarily go out to, you know, a lot of people say, well, I don't have time to go out, you know, every day or, or uh, even a couple times a week to the driving range and work on all of this stuff. Um, if you take the tip that I just gave you a few moments ago and, and get yourself uh, a mirror, uh, you can, or if you don't have one, <clears throat> um, get yourself a mirror, <clears throat> pardon me, and you can practice a lot of these movements uh, right in your house, you don't even need a club, really, if you don't, uh, you know, if you have low ceilings, um, <clears throat> you can, you know, you can just uh, um, just practice the, the movements, and this will uh, help you get an idea of whether you're doing the movements in a correct uh, manner or not. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. Another one as well is the, uh, the sway, uh, and the sway is any excessive lower body lateral movement away from the target during the backswing. Uh, which forces the weight to the outside of the back foot. So again, if you're for right uh, for left-handed, sorry, right-handed golfers, uh, that would be your right foot. Uh, swing makes it very difficult to perform a proper weight shift during transition and the downswing. So what essentially what happens uh, <clears throat> with the sway is um, as they transition into the back swing, um, there's a lot of lateral movement. Now there is a slight lateral movement, of course, because you're you're actually shifting your weight from uh, your front leg, which would be your left leg. Uh, into the backswing, uh, which is going to be on your right uh, right leg. Um, but what often happens, uh, as I just described, is a lot of people will get on the outside. So in other words, they'll they'll actually have too much lateral movement as they're going through into their backswing, and they actually get to where a lot of the weight is on the outside uh, of the uh, right foot. And then what ultimately happens in order to get back to the ball, um, they actually have to force a sway if you will <clears throat> excuse me to get back to the left side and that just creates a whole myriad of, of issues and problems uh, now timing becomes an issue uh, timing can be thrown off uh, tremendously and again uh, as mentioned in the previous example uh, with an over the top if your club face isn't square if it's open or, or shut um, then a lot of times what will happen is you'll get all kinds of, of uh, problems either a snap hook uh, or you might get a big old slice, which a lot of you, I'm sure, are struggling with. So some of the physical costs of the sway, um, right hip uh, internal rotation is paramount for full rotation into the right hip. 
uh, without any lateral sway for right-handed golfers, as I mentioned. I, I mean, there is a slight um, sway, if you will, or transition, as I like to call it, into the right-hand side, but very, very little um, from left to right. It's more of a rotation. Uh, if the body is unable to rotate around the right hip due to a joint or muscular restrictions, lateral movements will dominate the swing pattern. So this is what I'm uh, getting at, especially for some of our high handicappers and especially some of our older golfers who maybe have some hip issues um, just as time goes on and maybe they don't have strong glutes or strong uh, muscles in, in that region. A lot of times what they'll do is they will actually begin to sway as compensation. Uh, and again, this results too, the ability to separate the upper body from the lower body uh, uh, allows the uh, lower body to laterally stabilize while rotating during a large shoulder turn. So limited thorax to pelvis separation is usually caused by reduced spinal mobility and shortened uh, lat flexibility. The ability to stabilize uh, the lead leg during, again, this would be left leg for your right-handed, uh, left-handed, right-handed golfer, excuse me. Uh, the backswing is directly proportional to the strength and stability of the uh, gluteal musculature or your butt muscles, as they call them. Uh, the gluteus, uh, gluteus muscles are uh, the main stabilizers of the pelv pelvis and lower body. So uh, as I was saying, uh, essentially what happens is if you've got weak glute muscles, um, what will end up happening is this will cause you more often than not to sway in your backswing. And if you, uh, again, if you sway too much, uh, ultimately what ends up happening is now you've got to essentially sway to get back to the ball and, and just a whole myriad of, of issues um, can come out of that. Um, I, I'm obviously not going to get into all of them here. Uh, I'm going to get into uh, maybe just a, a couple more. Uh, hanging back is, is another one as well. And this a lot of times can, can uh, result from uh, too much sway. Uh, and this is essentially when a golfer hangs back, their weight does not shift correctly back onto the lead side on the downswing. Uh, again, a lot of times if there's a, um, a tremendous amount of sway in their backswing, they're unable to get back. So what ultimately happens is the weight stays back on the uh, trailing leg or the right leg for, uh, for right-handed golfers. Uh, golfers tend to hang back on their uh, training leg and, and spine through impact. This results in lack of power and an inability to create a consistent strike of the golf ball. Uh, this will also usually result in premature release of the wrist angles as the player is trying to advance the club uh, with their arms rather than uh, the create, uh, correct weight shift and pivot. Uh, some physical causes, of course, are poor strength or power in the trail leg uh, can prevent uh, a proper weight shift. Uh, and as if there are any weaknesses, again, it goes back to the glutes, uh, a, duct, a, a doctor, I can't even pronounce it, abdominals, uh, or, or the trail side uh, players uh, uh, may eliminate the weight shift altogether. Uh, limited mobility or uh, instability in the lead hip uh, can result in the player hanging back as well. Um, so those are some of the, the physical causes uh, hanging back, and uh, a lot of times it's almost uh, like a reverse pivot too. Uh, sometimes what people do is they won't they won't actually make a transition into the backswing um, into the right side they'll actually stay on the left, and then as they swing through, their weight transfers back over onto the right side, which is the leading, uh, or the trail leg, which is not what you want to do. Um, that's something that um, causes a lot of problems as well. Uh, I'm going to do one more here, um, and uh, I wanted to pick this one because I thought it was uh, uh, one that, that happens a lot with amateurs, and of course, that's the chicken winging. 
Uh, a chicken wing is a loss of extension or breakdown of the lead elbow. So for you right-handed golfers, that would be your left arm, uh, the lead elbow through the impact area. This makes it difficult uh, to develop speed or power and tends to be excessive force on the outside uh, of the elbow joint. Uh, if a golfer suffers from high weak shots or they tend to develop uh, tennis elbow on the lead side, uh, they probably have a chicken wing uh, swing characteristic. It may not necessarily be a full chicken wing, uh, but a, a lot of times, and, and this, uh, let me just talk about the physical causes, and then I'm going to uh, get into a little bit more, and then uh, our, our guest, uh, Samantha, should be on board, um, and then we'll, we'll continue some conversation with her. Uh, some of the physical causes, lead arm strength and lead side shoulder flexibility are paramount for a strong and fully extended lead arm at impact. Uh, chicken winging will dominate the pattern uh, if the arm is unable to rotate around the shoulder due to joint or muscular restrictions. Uh, again, if the downswing is out of sequence and the club is traveling uh, on an over-the-top path, the lead arm is almost always forced to chicken wing due to the direction of the forces. So essentially, um, what can cause a chicken wing is an improper release. Uh, is one of the things that can cause it. So as you're coming down and you're coming in through impact, your right hand essentially, again, for right-handed golfers, as it's going through to the left, uh, should essentially uh, fully release or cross over uh, as it's uh, closing the club face uh, through impact uh, and then into your, your balanced finish. What ultimately ends up happening is a lot of people sort of hold that shot off, and because the club is not uh, creating a, a full release, uh, it tends to uh, not uh, uh, cross over, and they hold off, and ultimately your left arm uh, and elbow go up into what is referred to as the chicken wing. So I've um, seen a lot of you guys out there doing that, and uh, it's not a pretty sight, but nevertheless, um, some ways that you can uh, avoid doing that that i found that work is a, a great drill is to keep yourself connected is a towel drill. I put a towel under... Uh, each arm across my chest, I get a you know a good a decent length towel, and I put it under my left arm and uh, under my right arm, and I just use uh, maybe like a no more than a nine iron, but maybe even a wedge, and I just uh, do uh, just some some half swings, uh, half swing back, half swing through, just sort of getting that that movement and that full connection of your upper body. A lot of times that will uh, will help do that as well, and then you can kind of graduate uh, and take the towel away. And into a full swing. A lot of times, what that'll happen to is it'll actually force um, that uh, that crossover or that full proper release. And a lot of times, you can eliminate a chicken wing that way. The other thing too, sometimes will people will hold um, their left arm in a little bit more snug into their chest uh, as they're going through the transition. So they'll they'll force that in a little bit. Um, all right, I'm going to bring Cindy on here. Cindy's uh, joining me now, and uh, also I see our guest is here as well. So let me just bring uh, Cindy on real quick. And then we'll uh, I'll bring our our guest on uh, Samantha Morell. Cindy, welcome. Morning. Sorry about that. Uh, no, that's all right. I uh, as I say, I held down the fort uh, for the first little bit. Um, just hang tight, Cindy, and I'm going to bring Samantha on here in just a second. I'm just going to read a little bit about uh, our very special guest this morning, Samantha Morell. Uh, she's an LPGA apprentice instructor. Uh, she's a standout Rhode Island amateur and collegiate player who brings uh, 15 years of tournament experience uh, to her instruction. She played uh, uh, college golf at Old Dominion University from 2009 to 2013, where she was uh, the team's first uh, Colonial Athletic Association Rookie of the Year in 2010. 
and also the first female golfer to be named uh, ODU Alumni Association's Female Athlete of the Year in 2013. Uh, for the last two years, uh, Sam worked uh, as the tournament director uh, for the Peggy Kirk Bell Girls Golf Tour, which is the largest uh, girls-only junior golf tour in the country and headquartered uh, in Greensboro, North Carolina. And in 2016, Sam was inducted into the North Kingstown High School Athletic uh, Hall of Fame for her uh, golf accomplishments, uh, which include uh, three consecutive girls' state titles from 2009 to 2000, or 2007 to 2009, excuse me. And she's currently enrolled in the LPJ Teaching and Club Professionals program uh, to become a Class A teaching professional. So, uh, Cindy, let's welcome on our very special guest this morning, uh, Samantha Morell. Good morning, Samantha. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Ted. Thank you so much uh, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here this morning. Well, thank you for, for joining us, and uh, hopefully I got everything right. Um, Cindy, uh, um, I know that you're, uh, you're just coming on board, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to start the conversation off and, and then uh, uh, let you jump in as well. Um, Sam, obviously you've, you've been a player, so you're, you're actually on both sides of the fence, if you will. You've played golf. Uh, through collegiate uh, golf and, and others, um, and now you're sort of transitioning into the teaching side. What made you decide to to, uh, to go this route and, and now transfer into the teaching side? Um, I got to say, I really think um, what made my decision so easy was uh, to continue. You know, my next phase in, in my golf journey throughout life uh, was really working um, for that Peggy Kirkbell uh, Girls Golf Tour. It was such a nice way to give back and uh, to kind of be able to have other girls have a great experience like I had uh, growing up and playing tournaments as a junior. Um, it just seemed like the next logical step to take uh, to become an, an LPGA professional. And it's such a great organization, and I had a really great time um, at Level 1. I just took it this past June, met a lot of nice ladies, and uh, it's really a feel like there's a nice sense of community there. Great. Um, tell us a little bit about the, um, the uh, Peggy Kirkbell's uh, golf tour. For, for those that may not be familiar, just give us a little bit of background. And you were, of course, the tournament director um, uh, for the last two years. Tell us a little bit about your position there uh, and also about the tour itself. Sure. Um, the Peggy Kirkbell, is a, as you said, it's the largest girls-only uh, golf tour in the country. Um, it was founded in 2007, and it later took on the name of Peggy Kirkbell. Um, it's in Greensboro, North Carolina, and this last year, in 2016, they had over 450 members at that time, which is a huge, from all over the country, um, there's a lot of people from the Midwest, Ohio, uh, Pennsylvania is growing, uh, but mostly all those girls come from uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, that's where the biggest demographic is, but it's really um, expanding most, most more um, to be out in the Midwest. And uh, I, was re I was responsible uh, for being the tournament director on site. So I handled the course setup. I was delegating the staff and coordinating volunteers. Um, I was leading the rules committee. And um, I represented the tour from a customer service standpoint. So I was the familiar face that a lot of the families saw at each event. So it's kind of nice to, to put a face to a name and to see the same consistent mm -hmm. person every time. Um, that was a little hard, too, because then you have to do rules and be the friendly face at the same time. So that was a, a balancing, a little bit of a balancing act there. You know, good cop and bad right. cop at the same time. Right, exactly. But it was a great what's the experience. Age range? Yeah, what's the age it's, range uh, on uh, 
that it, that it goes from the girls on, on this tour. What is it? What's the youngest, and then what does it go up to? Um, it's mostly middle and high school aged girls, um, so about eleven okay. to eighteen. Um, and there is um, a new division that they, we just started um, early on. It's a nine-hole division for uh, nine-year-old uh, girls as well. So just kind of a discovery division, it's called. So girls who haven't competed in any tournaments yet, and they may be a little younger, um, it's a chance for them to play in their first tournament and experience what a tournament is all about. They play about a 1,000-yard golf course, so very short. Right. Right, but it's, it gives them great exposure to to the game and, and, and an introduction to the game, which is it was very important. So that's obviously long term is going to help grow the game. Um, Cindy, I know you've got some some questions as well, so uh, I'll, I'll give the floor to you. Is that yardage, Samantha, for the nine year olds equivalent to the U.S. Kids Golf yardage for nine holes, or is it a little bit shorter? Um, it's similar uh, similar to that. Um, we do play um, you know regular golf courses that. You know, there's par, there's par threes, there's par fours, and par fives, and um, it's about 1,600 yards. So, you know, we'll put them out in the middle of the fairway, and um, they're very similar to that to that U.S. Kids type type of yardage for the nine-hole division. Now, do they need hmm. to carry their own bag, or can their parents caddy for them? The parents can can caddy for them, and they get they get a cart too as well. Uh, so parents can drive a cart and uh, put their clubs on the back. Uh, but they they walk um, and they get shuttled in between in between holes, Cause especially if they're teeing off in the middle of the fairway. There's uh, some longer walks, so they're allowed to walk in between holes, and uh, parents can drive carts for them as well. That's great. That's awesome. Yes, they get chauffeured. They get chauffeured around. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Now, where um, where are the tournaments held? Um, it's mostly um, in the uh, southeast. Um, the headquarters is in Greensboro, North Carolina, so that's where the heaviest concentration of tournaments are. Um, but they also have one-day uh, series that are in multiple states. Uh, North Carolina has its own pod, as its own section. Uh, South Carolina has one. Um, they just introduced Georgia as well this past season. Um, and Virginia as well. Um, and they're looking to expand oh, wow. into other regions and other states as well. But it's mostly southeast. Are they willing to come to New York? I know. I, well, I'm in New England as well, so you never know. We might have a little. Um, and there's a, it's just a series of six one-day tournaments, um, which would include that Discovery Division and also the two um, upper divisions, the Future and Prep Series as well. Those are the names of the different divisions that they have. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's a, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's great for the kids, definitely. Now, what what made you decide to go full-time teaching and stop being the tournament director? Um, I just thought that I was ready um ready for the next step. Um I had met uh, some LPGA teaching pros that were in North Carolina. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Donna Lerner and Kathy Bounds, but I did my uh, my shadowing um, under them as well. So I was watching their junior camps and some of their individual lessons. And I was just inspired um, by the girls and by what I saw um, watching those LPGA pros teach and give lessons that I said I really would like to do this and just continue to take the next step in my in my lifelong golf journey because it is a game that you can have for, for your whole life. And just because I'm not playing competitively anymore, um, like I had been in junior golf and in college golf, uh, there's still 
uh, there's still a place for me um, in the golf world. And it's just a way for me to, to give back and to maybe make a difference um, in someone else's uh, game. That's awesome. You're well, absolutely so. right. Yeah, well said. Oh, yeah. So what do you do um, now thank at, you. Mulligan, um, at Mulligan, what's it called? Mulligan Island Golf and Entertainment Center. Did yes, you start your yep. own junior program? Um, I'm actually working alongside uh, with the head PGA pro there. He's the director of golf, Todd Campbell. And he and I have been coordinating and working on the junior camps. There's actually one running right now. And I'm sitting here in my car watching them. Um, we're having chipping day today. So I'm, I'm still, I'm going to, as soon as I um, end my uh, conversation with you guys, I'm going to be heading right out to, uh, to continue with our junior camps. Um, but we've been working together um, to run some U.S. kids camps. And um, he's been great. He's let me shadow him on some lessons as well. And it's all just me gaining some experience and um, getting more exposure and getting used to teaching and, you know, finding out what key phrases work and learning the difference between juniors and adults. And um, it's just been a great, um, great experience. And um, I love the facility that I work at. It's great. Um, besides just having a driving range, there's also a, a pitch and putt, like up to a 60-yard a pitch and putt course that's nine holes and there's also an executive par three nine hole course in the back as well um, and mini golf of course oh, wow. you know because that's always got to make it fun as well so yes it's a great uh, great facility to, to have in uh in rhode island and southern new england wow, you know that's um great. city yeah, Cindy, let me just interject real quick. You know, one of the things I like about that, Cindy, we've talked about this recently on the show, is about having more of those uh, sort of executive-style courses. You know, there's a lot of folks out there that are very new to the game, and it's very intimidating uh, going out in some of the full-length courses. Um, and, you know, we would like to see, and I think that's great that your facility, um, Samantha, has that, has a little of everything. It's got a pitch and putt, in it, but it's also got... Uh, an executive style core, so it gives them a, an opportunity to practice all all facets of their game. Um, I, I like that. Um, I like that quite a bit. Now, Sim, let me just ask you one quick question, and Cindy, I'll bounce it back to you. Um, are you planning uh, on focusing mainly on junior girls uh, golf in in your teaching, uh, or are you going to have a sort of a mixed bag? Are you going to specialize? Right in other words. I would like to, um, maybe a little bit down the road, being this is my first season as an apprentice, uh, maybe by next year when I've got um, some Class B status and, and eventually Class A, I would like to focus and do um, some girls only, only because I see, I saw through my time um, with the Peggy Kirk Bell Girls Golf Tour, how much of a difference, um, and myself in college golf as well, just seeing that girls only environment um, what a difference it makes uh, for their confidence level as well. So they're not competing, you know, against the boys. And, you know, some of the boys, they may, you know, be, I don't want to say more athletic, but they're more used to sports. And they have just, I see they have more confidence um, in themselves when it comes to, to physical activity. So I think um, specializing with the girls and having maybe girls-only clinics would be um, a great way for them to, you know, be able to compete and compare themselves against their own peers. Um, and definitely right. I would be interested in starting. Um, they have a girls golf, uh, the LPGA and USGA have a joint um, girls golf program. And I think this, this facility would be an excellent place to start um, a girls golf site um, as well. So that might be in the future plans uh, for me as well going forward. 
We just started a Girl Scout fan- right here in uh, Cranston. Yeah, that's fantastic. Sam, what do you? Um, what kind of things and drills and little games do you play for the kids to have fun? Oh, we got uh, tons of stuff um, right now. So I'll tell you one of the games um, that we'll be playing today. Um, it's called Treasure Chest, and uh, the the kids are going to be split into two teams. Um, and they have to get it into uh, the ring that we've made out of tape around the hole. They've got to get it in the ring to qualify. And we have cones that have a golf ball underneath. And there's only there's 36 cones and 18 golf balls. So they've got to qualify by hitting it in the circle. And they, the team, the person who hit it in the circle, will get to go and pick up, lift up, the, open the treasure chest, so to speak, and see if there's any treasure underneath. If there's a golf ball, they get to keep it. Um, on their team, and whoever has the most golf balls at the end of the uh, of the match, after all the cones have been lifted, they they are the winners of the uh, of the game. So that's what we're uh, that's what oh, we wow. got on the uh, agenda for today for I for a game. Play. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Yeah, I want to play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How come they don't have anything yeah. like that for us adults anymore? You know. <laughs> yes, that's right. No, and that's anyone, yeah, something to keep them engaged, keep them interested. Last week we had a special prize underneath there, which was a Hershey bar. So they got a, a little, a little uh, extra uh, incentive to uh, to hit at the circle. There was a candy bar hidden under one of them. So you can do that and you know oh, wow. just throw in throw in some added uh, added fun. Um, you can do something right. like calling your shots. Um, you know, saying you have to do it with your eyes closed or you know, swing left-handed instead. Um, so little fun things like that just to be, and I, I'm big on competition. Uh, I think competition is healthy. You've got to have a little bit of, of healthy competition. So anything where they're competing and working for something um, I think is very important while they're out here. And they're learning and they don't even know it. So that's the best part. It is the best part. So let me ask you this. How many days is your camp and how many kids do you have? Um, our camp runs um, from a Monday to Friday, and it's three hours a day, 9 to 12. And right now um, we've got six, six kids registered in this camp, but we can have up to 10, up to 10 in a week, which we have um, earlier in, um, in the year. This is more of our advanced camp. Um, they are in level 2 or level 3 for the U.S. kids uh, progressions um, that we have. Uh, the earlier ones were level 1, so there was you know, a little bit easier to get more kids. Uh, sometimes it was their first time um, ever playing golf before. Um, so those, those camps had more, more kids on in the camp early on. And, you know, it's this part, part of the year, too. It gets hotter. Um, it was in June, so it was a little cooler, so a little bit better to be outside. But, yeah, we've got six kids so far um, in this camp, and we're having our chipping. Today is the chipping day. So we did awesome. putting and yesterday. Do you run them all year? Um, it's uh, mainly from June to, uh, June to August. Um, but we're looking at some other options to kind of make a continuing education program because there is still some good golf time um, being in New England. I know in New York you guys must know and it's beautiful to play golf in the fall with all the leaves changing and everything. So I think we should do something for September and October. After that, it kind of gets a little bit um, 50-50 with the weather. So you never know uh, what right. you're going to get. But, yeah, but in the fall, you know, there's still some plenty of, of good time in. So there's still definitely, we, I think we can look at some other um, options for continuing education once the, um, once the U.S. kids camps end. This is the second to last week, um, actually, that we're working on. So next week will be the final that we, uh, that we offer for the summer. Awesome. Well, that's, yeah, that's great. 
Um, now, obviously, you want to um, develop, and, and as you said, once you get a little further on in your, your apprenticeship and that, you want to, um, you know, focus on, on different uh, activities. Uh, what, what do you see long-term? What would you like to see long-term uh, with your career? Oh, gosh, I, haven't, I don't even know if I thought of that yet. <laughs> I, just, I definitely want to get my, uh, you're like, making me think on the spot here. Um, I definitely love the idea. I, I definitely want to get my um, my full uh, status. Um, that would definitely be very important. Um, I just love being part um, of the LPGA. I think um, that was the second best decision uh, I made. Um, definitely joining the Peggy Kirk Bell Tour got me really motivated to, to continue golf again. Um, you know, kind of after I graduated uh, from college, I kind of knew my competitive career uh, was kind of over, um, and I didn't know uh, what to do in golf after that, so that was a real pick-me-up. Um, to be able to move to a new place, I'd never been to uh, Greensboro. That was the first time I saw the place uh, was picking out an apartment. I already said yes um, to uh, working for the tour, and I hadn't even no idea where I was living or hadn't even seen the city. Um, and so just kind of went on a whim and see if I would like it and uh, stayed there for two years and um, enjoyed my time. Uh, but uh, after that, uh, I, I would definitely say I'm going to get my Class A. Um, I would love to uh, work, at, work at a golf course um, and just continue working with juniors and especially juniors and ladies um, uh, seem to be a really good fit for me. I love doing ladies clinics as well as doing junior clinics. Um, and I think it gives uh, the ladies um, a great uh, experience because they get to learn from another woman, which, which makes a difference. Um, sometimes the ladies get intimidated um, by some of the, of the male pros, and that's what they, it seems like you always have to do is if you want to play golf, you have to learn from a PGA instructor because that's usually the only option that you have. Um, but there's right. other options out there. There are more and more uh, LPGA professionals are, are getting their start. And um, I think that's, that's wonderful just to continue to, to grow um, women's golf. So that's what I see for my future, juniors and ladies especially. And um, I'm, I'm thinking of staying in the, in the Northeast New England area. Um, I'm definitely a, a New England girl at heart. So this is where, this is my home. So I'm <laughs> definitely thinking of, of staying here. Well, it sounds like a, a great awesome. plan. Yeah, it's just going to compete with the weather a little bit. I could definitely see myself um, doing that. It's kind of best of both worlds there. You get the wonderful New England summers, um, you know, by the water, and then you get to go and um, not have to freeze in the, uh, in the wintertime. So, yeah, I, I just got to sit down and really, you know, kind of think of these things and seeing what options are avail- available to me, how I'm going to make this happen. Uh, you know, I got the idea. Everything sounds great. But until I actually, you know, sit down and decide what I'm going to do, you know, it's just all, all hearsay until I actually do it. So, got to be, got to stay yeah, motivated gotta, to discipline. Got to put the plan to, to action. Yes, yes. And I know that's a, a learning experience. I'm still, you know, learning all these things. But without having the experiences of playing golf and going to college, I, I probably, I don't know where, where I would be doing. Uh, golf has just been such a huge part of my life. Um, for since I was nine, that's when I when I started playing. Who wow. who introduced you to golf? Was it was it your were your parents or 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 how did you get introduced into golf? 
Um, believe it or not, my parents are not golfers. I was not uh, brought into a golfing family. Uh, my grandmother was actually the one who introduced me to golf. She had always wanted to, uh, to learn and take lessons, uh, but she and my grandfather had their own business. They ran an Italian bakery um, locally oh. in Rhode Island. Yes, and so they never, you know, had to do any. They could never really do anything but, you know, work in the in the shop, and that's all they could do. Um, but my grandmother always wanted to take lessons. When my grandfather passed away, um, she decided it was time, um, and she took me to the driving range. That's all we had. We weren't members anywhere, so I went with her to the driving range and and picked it up from the uh, PGA pro who was there, and he asked my grandmother, who's been teaching me, who was giving me lessons, and it was my my first time. <laughs> just swing in a club and so I had to choose between doing that and doing soccer um, and there wasn't enough time to do both so I wanted to do golf because it was different and uh, it was something new and I never uh, never looked back since and it was a really good decision to go with her to uh, the driving range that day because I would not be where I am without without golf yes that's a great story uh, Samantha I like that um, you know, obviously a lot of people that get into Thank this you. industry, um, you know, went sort of the traditional route, their parents introduced them and that, but that, that's a fantastic story. Um, yes, we, we kind of did at have, the same time. So we started at the same time. Yeah, that's, to, uh, that's very, yeah, that's very cool. Cindy, do you have uh, uh, another question for, uh, for Samantha? So I know he asked you, where do you see yourself? Do you ever want to be the head pro or do you just want to stay teaching? Um, that's a, that's a good question. Um, uh, and definitely, um, I do enjoy teaching and that was a lot of what we, uh, learned so far, um, in my level one, um, at OPGA, uh, teaching club professional school was the main focus of OPGA is teaching. Um, and I like that approach, um, a lot more. And, um, cause that's why we, that's why we, you know, become pros is because we still love playing golf and we want to share experiences and share our knowledge. I don't know if, you know, organizing a schedule, you know, planning the cart schedule for the day and employees and who's coming in. And I'm not sure if that managerial um, type of job is is for me. Maybe not yet. Um, In the beginning now, I definitely want to focus on teaching. I think that's where all the fun is. And that's when you're actually out on the course. You're actually talking about golf all day long. And uh, that's what I can do. I can certainly talk. And I can certainly talk about golf. Um, so that's where, that's the most fun part is just being able to, to talk about golf. So I enjoy that the most. So I think it's for now in the beginning, I would like to stick to, to strictly teaching. But I wouldn't be, wouldn't, you know, um, I'd be open to the possibilities of doing other, other looking at other um, areas and other routes to take. Yeah, I I think that's a great way, and I'm a firm believer you have to do what you enjoy, and and obviously you're very passionate about the teaching side right now, and, uh, you know, other things will follow uh, as as, your career develops. Um, Samantha, I want to thank you very much for joining Cindy and I this morning. It's been very interesting, and for those that uh, want to uh, come and and, uh, work with you or or come and uh, uh, meet you, uh, where can they go? Um, they can go um, online. Uh, Mulligan's Island um, has a great website. It's just uh, mulligansisland.com, uh, and there's the uh, Golf Academy has their own uh, separate page, um, and you can find uh, my bio on there um, as well, a little bit more about me, and you can 
uh, book a lesson if they like as well um, by calling uh, my number, uh, which is on the website um, as well, or the uh, Mulligan's uh, phone number. And I can be reached by email um, as well. Perfect. Um, so that's the Mulligan's Island Golf and Entertainment Center, and that's uh, in Cranston, Rhode Island. So if you're uh, living in the Rhode Island area or maybe you're planning a, a, a late summer trip uh, or early fall trip to the Rhode Island uh, area, um, you definitely want to go out there and, uh, and meet with Samantha, and uh, maybe she can help you with your game. Um, Samantha, thank you very much for joining Cindy and I this morning on the Women of Golf. Uh, loved having you, and uh, we'll hope you'll, uh, as your career advances, we'll hope you'll come back and join us again and, and give us an update. Okay, I would love that. Thank you guys again so much for having me. I really enjoyed it uh, this morning. Thank you Thank so you. much. Have a great day. Not a problem. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. 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 All right, that was a very special guest, Samantha Morell, uh, an LPGA apprentice instructor. Kind of a, uh, interesting, you know, we, uh, Cindy, we've had some uh, more seasoned veterans on the show before, and this is really somebody that's just sort of starting out her, her uh uh, instructional side of things anyways I mean she obviously was a player for a number of years through college and, and before and junior golf uh, but really somebody that's just uh, sort of transitioning into the next phase of, of her golf career very interesting um, Cindy I wanted to give you uh, just a couple of minutes here uh, we've still got a few more minutes on the show and I wanted to end that segment a little bit earlier because now you're en route and on travel to Orlando uh, what's bringing you to Orlando well Alan and I are lead golf coach academy instructors and we are going to be on morning drive the next two days. So we're flying into Orlando today. We have to be at the Golf Channel at 5 a.m. tomorrow, and we're going to discuss pressure and uh, how to play golf better, and then we're going to film a bunch of golf tips. So it's really exciting, and we're very happy that we get to, number one, go be on the Golf Channel. Really, number one is to go see our granddaughter. So. We're very grateful, right. <laughs> and um, so tune into Morning Drive the next two days, and you will see Cindy and Alan Miller. Very good. What a what a great way to to uh, go see the granddaughter and uh, help some golfers out there as well. So uh, uh, fantastic, Cindy. Have a have a great and safe flight and safe trip there. And I know uh, you and Alan will have lots of fun uh, working with the crew there on the Golf Channel, but. Um, very quickly, Cindy, we just got a few more minutes here. Um, for those that want to play a little bit better golf, you've got a great kit that's available. Tell them about the Learn to Hit It kit. I do, I do. So um, the Learn to Hit It kit includes a portable mat, foam Callaway golf balls, my Golf 101 book, and a coupon for 10% off any Callaway club, and a 10-module online course to teach you how to hit it clean, airborne, and straight on purpose. So if you go to learntohititkit.com, you can purchase yours for $99. Perfect. And as you said so many times, it's really about the cost of a lesson. So uh, you can have access to uh, Cindy Miller's mind, if you will, anytime you want through her Learn to Hit It kit uh, and some great examples uh, uh, that I'm sure she has to show you there on how to uh, play some better golf. So make sure you go to learn to hit it uh, com to, uh, to get your hot little hands on, on a great product. Um, Cindy, as always, thank you, uh, for what you do and good luck this, uh, next couple of days, uh, on the morning drive and, uh, enjoy your visit with your granddaughter. Thank you very much. Have a great week. All right. Thanks everybody. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week right here on the women of golf. God bless everybody. Bye-bye.
Bye-bye.